Amen. And thank you, Cassandra. As uh, I began to prepare for today, my creative side was in overload. I, I thought about telling you about a, a couple of broke-back shepherds named Jack and Ennis, who um, were working their flocks by night. <laughs> then I was going to flip to a video scene of the mothership from the Close Encounters of the Third Kind so that when, as they met humanity uh, for the first time, you know, so that it would be like the Shekinah glory surrounding the shepherds. But then when I shared that with Cassandra, that I wanted to do these 20 or so pictures and three snippets of video within the first five minutes of the sermon, she said, um, too, too much. <laughs> it, it's just too much. <laughs> so then, I rolled around the idea of digging into the minutiae, I love the minutiae, of explaining the heavenly hosts that appeared were actually more like military angels. They were more military in form than not the cherubs that we are used to envisioning in our imaginings. And they were more chanting than singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to whom those God favor. Because, you know, Luke was intentionally juxtapositioning them as an answer to the legions of the Romans who were residing in... Well, as I shared that with her, she shook her head and walked away. <laughs> okay, so then I, I thought about explaining how the terms Luke uses, like Messiah, Savior, and Lord, were also titles that the Roman rulers used, you see, um, as their own honorifics, and how Luke was being subversive and political in his nativity narrative. Well, she encouraged me to offer that in a class um, next year or sometime during Advent. <laughs> Then I thought, you know, what, what, what if I contemporized the story of Mary and Joseph and their travel dilemma by having them snowed in at a hotel near the airport at Tel Aviv? You know, the rooms would be all booked up because of the freakish weather and then because all of the flight cancellations. And then just as they got settled into the conference room at the hotel, you know, Mary would give birth. Again, no. So, then I got quiet. And I entered into centering prayer, seeking clarity about what God wanted me to share today about the song that the angel sang to the shepherd. And what came was peace. Peace on earth. Receive it. Live it. Share it. Peace was difficult for me this week. We were juggling all of the end-of-year things that we have to wrap up before Christmas, and my mother was in the hospital twice this week, and we had a 
end of year school play, a car battery died, carpooling that we weren't anticipating, and then I had to make an unexpected trip out of town. I had no peace. But I was reminded, and I'm to remind you, that Christmas isn't about the tinsel and the mistletoe. The ornaments or the presents or even family, food, and friends. Even though all of those are nice, these four weeks of Advent are intended to provide us with the opportunity to practice reflection and peace. Not peace like the Romans practiced peace during the first century, the Pax Romana, the peace of the empire. That was peace derived through violence, conquest, death, oppression, and corruption. Peace through victory was their motto. Order and stability, at least for the empire and Caesar. That was the rule of the day. All was well as long as people were quiet and at least seemed content. Otherwise, the crushing boot of Rome was at their throat. Any and every uprising was met with ruthless slaughter and destruction. So that people would learn from the errors in judgment of others. You learned quickly, not to even consider trying to throw off the yoke of Rome, as long as the flow of trade was uninterrupted and education and the exchange of ideas was ongoing, it was said that there was peace on earth. I, the terrible truth is that in our world, we have a never established Peace through victory, through violence. Victory establishes not peace, but a lull. Because violence does return once again, and usually it is worse than it was before. And it is that escalation in violence that endangers our very world. I don't know about you, but I grow weary. When I look at the CNN graph, that shows practically every day of this year at least four people have been murdered due to domestic ter terrorism. I grow weary when I see the violence perpetuated in Beru, Kenya, Paris, Colorado Springs. San Bernardino, California, and all in the name of the divine. I don't know about you, but I cry out to God, help us. I'm here to tell you God hears our prayers and enters in through the most unexpected ways, through the most unexpected people to offer exactly what is needed. Who indeed could imagine the announcement of a king to shepherds, 
You see, shepherds were on the lowest rung of the socioeconomic ladder. They tended to live marginalized lives. They tended to be people who were hired hands without land, who lived a rough and rugged life outdoors most of the year as they moved sheep from pasture to pasture. They weren't allowed to attend the temple because the very nature of their job made them ritually impure. It's said that the shepherds in our story more than likely were temple shepherds. They cared for the sheep that were perfect, that would be used for sacrifices for the transgression of Israel's people. Notice any foreshadowing in this story? Well, as the shepherds watched quietly, the night still and peaceful, an angel appears and says, Don't be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior is born. Now, I don't believe that the angel was saying, don't be afraid of me. I believe that the angel was saying, there is no need for you to be afraid any longer. Because today, right now, the peace of heaven is breaking into the world right here in the city of David. For the Messiah is being born and peace is coming to earth. God is loosing peace on earth. A peace brought in the form of a vulnerable baby born to marginalized parents in a backwater town outside of Jerusalem. This peace, God's peace, is a very different kind of peace from Pax Ramona. It was a peace brought through nonviolent means, a peace that establishes justice for all of humankind, not just for a selected few. Peace through justice not victory. Imagine hearing God's peace this day is coming from heaven to earth. And that peace on earth, true peace, was now a real possibility for you if you were willing to receive it, to live it, to share it, this peace, God's peace, it's a new way to live life. This peace, God's peace, offers us the opportunity for a new world. Well, how could they not head out to Bethlehem as fast as they possibly could get there to see for themselves this new peace, this answer to prayer, the Messiah, the Christ, who has come. And when they find him, 
Their lives are never the same because now they know that their lives matter. God came to the least to announce a new reign of peace through justice. This four-week period of Advent affords each one of us an opportunity to pause and reflect on how we can and are changing our individual and congregational lives so that we reflect the means by which we are ushering in God's peace right here on earth. We are offered a choice each and every Christmas through this time of Advent to consider our past and make choices for our future. The song of the angels to the shepherds call us to reflect on which peace we will work towards. Christ or Caesar? Do we believe that peace comes through victory or justice? Advent is about a choice of how to go about living personally, congregationally, nationally, and internationally. How we live out peace. And the angelic host replied, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. I'm not sure that I ever reached inner peace this week, but that doesn't stop me from living peace. I could receive it. I could live it. I can share it. And my prayer for you today is simply that. Receive God's peace. Live it. Share it. Amen.